Well, back from another wild and crazy week in the National Football League, Big D with a Week 10 recap. Uh, before I bring in Alice, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. See all my content. World Cup coming up, starting up this weekend with uh, Qatar against uh, Ecuador. So, uh, can't wait to see that. Also, check out the uh, Big D podcast for all your audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So back from running with cheetahs, watering with penguins, and swimming with dolphins. You know who it is, Alex. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Dylan. Of course, lovely to be here as always. Thank you for the great introduction. You mentioned it. I cannot wait for the World Cup coming up. It is one of the most exciting times that you can ask for as a soccer fan. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. But uh, today we're uh, not here to talk about that. We're talking. We're here to talk about the ridiculous Week Ten of the NFL season, which, as we all know, um, if unless you were sleeping under a rock yeah. this weekend, the game of the year uh, of the season so far. When yeah, the Vikings and the Bills. Yeah. How about? That game. I mean, the only thing that would have made that game better is if it take it had taken place in a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You can't ask for anything more than what happened in that football game, unless you're a Bills fan. Well, talk about Minneapolis. How about the team that originated the Minneapolis Miracle? I mean, the Vikings were down twenty-seven ten. Then all of a sudden, Dalvin Cook broke off an eighty-one-yard touchdown. You're like this. This is not going to happen again, right? <laughs> oh, it did. It did, and it happened to our wildest imagination. The first thing we have to talk about is Justin Jefferson, man. I mean... is that Wait, I've got a question. Is Justin Jefferson's catch better than Odell Beckham's against the Cowboys a few years ago? I knew this was coming. Um, I knew you were going to ask this. Here's what I have to say about it. I, The only thing in my mind that makes Odell Beckham's catch better is that it was for a touchdown. I think Justin Jefferson's catch was the better catch. I mean, Odell's was ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're comparing two of the most insane plays we've, we've ever seen in the NFL. And, and Odell Beckham's just falling backwards with the P.I., you know, I think considering he had the pass interference and it was for a touchdown, I think it has the slight edge. But, man, Justin, I mean, I think it, it's almost impossible for me to choose because, man, that Justin Jefferson catch was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Jefferson made the harder catch because not only was the game deciding, but there was a def- Bill's defensive back literally wrapping the ball. Like, yeah. how do you a, catch the ball, B, keep the other guy from knocking the ball because of the ball hits the turf? It's finito. And he took it from him with one hand. I mean, it was I, it was unbelievable. At the moment, I said that was when I saw it happen live. I said it was better than Odell's. I mean, it, it they both are amazing plays, and I, I think you have a strong case either side. But it, it was absolutely just insane. And my second question to you, Alex, is what the heck happened? By that one goal line, because the Bills stopped the Vikings on on four with the goal line standing, and everybody in Western New York thought the Bills won the game. 
And all of a sudden, Josh Allen fumbles on the goal line. The Vikings pick it up, pick it up and get a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it was insane. And honestly, <laughs> that what the exact thing that happened in that game is exactly what I was ha- hoping was going to happen to the New England Patriots after Russell Wilson got intercepted at the one-yard line when they should have given the ball to Marshawn Lynch. I was praying for a fumbled snap by Tom Brady in that Super Bowl when they had that ball at the one-yard line and, and giving the Seahawks a possible chance to win that Super Bowl. But that didn't happen. Obviously, today I was praying for a similar situation and it got done. Um, you know, it's just it, it's tough, man. When you're back down to your to your own half foot line, one yard line. I mean, those are some big bodies coming at you. And it's I mean, high pressure situation. You've got to make sure that snap gets clean. It didn't. And, um, you know, it's it's still it's it's still an open ball game after, um, you know, if that if that if. I'm sorry, if Buffalo recovers that and goes down to the safety, then you've got a whole other situation going on in the game. Just the fact that the that the Vikings recover it in the end zone, got the touchdown. I mean, there's there's it's it's just you can't write this kind of stuff. A movie director couldn't have come up with something uh like this script. Might, I wouldn't know. Might the Bills have been better off taking a safety and just having a free kick from the 20 old line? You know, I mean, there's so many different ways you can go about the situation. I mean, I know a lot of people are saying take the safety. In my mind, it's hard to voluntarily give up points and give the ball back to the other team. I think when, you, when you've when you got the Buffalo Bills offense, we know how capable the Buffalo Bills offense is. You have to put the ball in Josh Allen's hands in that situation. You can't, you can't be giving points away in the NFL, let alone possession of the ball, no matter how much time is left on the clock. The Vikings, Justin Jefferson – has been having the game of his life. I mean, you can't, I, I don't like, I, I wouldn't have agreed with the safety call there. I think they made the right decision. It just didn't. Have... I know from you, Dylan, is the Buffalo Bills had a chance in overtime to win this football game. And Josh Allen throws an interception. Are you concerned about what you're seeing from Josh Allen lately? Because over the last four weeks, one of them was a bye week for the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills in their last three games, have not scored a second-half touchdown. And Josh Allen, over the course of the 2022 NFL season, is leading the league in interceptions. Are you nervous about what you're seeing out of Buffalo and Josh Allen right now? Yes, because when Josh Allen came into the NFL, he he could throw the ball 90 yards. The problem was he made way too many mistakes. Well, the last couple of years with Brian Davis' offensive coordinator, Josh Allen didn't make those mistakes. We remember nine touchdowns, no interception in the playoffs. But there have been way too many mistakes. The Bills are still way too reliant on Josh Allen, basically running, throwing. I still, and I don't know what Josh Allen was doing yesterday. I mean, after his first interception, he's tackling all of a sudden like he's Ray Lewis. Yeah. I'm like, why are you even trying to tackle them? I mean, he's built like a linebacker. He's just playing. He's fortunately for him, he can throw the ball 80 yards. So they got him at the quarterback position. But, you know, why are you even even trying to tackle somebody? Get out of the way. You're not paid to tackle people. Yeah. But I think you nailed it with the Brian Dayball mention. I mean, Brian Dayball is a heck of an offensive coordinator. He's a heck of a head coach, as we've been seeing uh, with the New York Giants. And I mean, it's just, I, I definitely, I mean, have to agree with you on the fact that. The Buffalo Bills do not look as dominant as we've seen them looking over the past couple seasons with Josh Allen as their quarterback. 
Now, all of a sudden, you lose Brian Dayball. He goes to the New York Giants. What are the New York Giants doing? All of a sudden, a team who a lot of people expected to be in the cellar of the NFL this season, looking like one of the strongest teams in the NFC uh, behind, the, behind the Eagles. I mean, unfortunately for them, they're, they're in the same div- division as the undefeated Eagles, or else they'd be winning their division right now. So it's just... You know, it's it's a testament to Brian Dayball and and how good of a coach he is. I mean, I wanted him in Miami before um, the wheels really started rolling with the Mike McDaniel stuff. And obviously, I'm thrilled about how that situation unfolded. But, you know, you have to be worried if you're if you're a Buffalo Bills fan right now. You're third in the AFC East. I mean, it's it's something that's definitely correctable and it's something that they can. Obviously, Josh Allen is 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 one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They've got one of the most powerful offenses in the NFL, but you know they're not perfect. And, and we've seen this season that they are definitely beatable. And uh, it's not a, it's not a cakewalk to the Super Bowl for these Buffalo Bills that some people thought it might have been. Uh, quickly, Alex, uh, like the one or two words here: Is Minnesota destined to win every close game? Because last year the Vikings couldn't win a close game, and this year the Vikings are seven and zero in close games. I mean, quickly, yes. Um, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins. That's really all I got to say about that. You throw TJ Hawkinson in the mix, they've got the weapons to be able to pull out these victories. So, Don't short forget. answer, yes, absolutely. Don't forget Adam Thielen. Of course. But let's move on. Uh, you know, we could spend an entire show talking about that game. So much, There's so much there to unpack. But I think we definitely hit the high notes. I want to move on to another very impressive uh comeback win that we saw this weekend the green bay packers the uh probably the most surprising on the bad side of things team in the nfl were able to pull out a victory against the dallas cowboys in overtime after being down 14 points in the fourth quarter aaron Rodgers looks like he might have found a new favorite target is that what you're seeing in green bay over there Dylan? yeah christian watson not one not two but three touchdowns yesterday. About time the Packers have a wide receiver catch pass. But, you know, to be honest, the story of the game is not Green Bay. It's what Dallas couldn't do. The Cowboys were up 20-14 and couldn't hold over. Yeah. And the Cowboys disappoint me every time in big game after big game against not necessarily good teams, but better quarterbacks. Yeah. That Prescott's a good quarterback, but is he Aaron Rodgers? No. Is he Tom Brady? No. Is he Patrick Mahomes? No. Is he Joe Burrow? No. The Cowboys always disappoint me. And second, Cowboys wasted a great game from Tony Pollard. Cowboys wasted a great game from CeeDee Lamb. But to be honest, what were the Cowboys doing yesterday? Why isn't your best defensive player, Miles, excuse me, uh, Parsons, rushing the quarterback more? And secondly, how do you, how do the Cowboys let Green Bay run for 207 yards when everybody and their mama knew the Packers were going to run the ball down your throat? 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's definitely the Dallas Cowboys uh, more in the in the losing category of that game than really the, the Green Bay Packers winning. I mean, I still have to give credit to the Green Bay Packers. It is about time that they had someone step up in that offense because we've been saying it all season long. I mean, obviously, Aaron Aaron Rodgers is is an immaculate ta- an immaculate talent at the quarterback position, but you get rid of a guy like Devontae Adams and you need someone to step up, and they hadn't had that happen. Finally, Aaron Jones steps up. Even A.J. Dillon had a five-yard five yard average on the ground, only 65 yards, but Aaron Jones was running so hard, you can't be surprised about it. And then, obviously, Christian Watson with the four-reception, four 107-yard, three-touchdown day. Finally, the Green Bay Packers had someone step up and help out Aaron Rodgers. And, and you know, it's it's definitely been a rough season for the green Bay Packers. It's definitely been a season that, that is one to quickly forget and, and ideally for them move on from and learn from, but finally they got a little bit of hope, a little bit of fight in that team. And uh, they were able to pull off an impressive comeback because, you know, obviously, I mean, honestly, the Dallas Cowboys should have won that football game. They should, they should have been able to beat a very struggling uh, green Bay Packers team, especially with a 14 point lead in, in the fourth quarter. So I would say yes. The the Cowboys definitely took their foot off the gas. They, um, you know, I, they. I, I don't know if they just expected Aaron. Rod- I mean, at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is having a bad season, but he's still Aaron Rodgers. You still have to give him the credit and the respect that he that he deserves to 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 go out there and make sure you finish off that football game. So, you know, like you said, a, a wasted game from some of those stars on the Cowboys, and and fortunately for Packers fans, they were able. To have have some guys step up and really um, be able to seal the deal. So, well, a lot of people were interested in this game because it was Mike McCarthy's homecoming, and there was one decision which intrigued the whole football and country yesterday. It wasn't overtime. Tie game at twenty eight. It was full fan five. I think it was from like uh, the Green Bay thirty five yard line, and he went for it instead of kicking a fifty two yard field goal. Should Mike McCarthy have gone for the field goal or the or the first down? I mean, it's it's an answer that we that we see that or it's a question we see all the time in the NFL. You're always going to get into these analytical situations, and you really just have to go with what you're feeling at the moment. The numbers can only tell you so much. The analytics can only tell you so much. You know, if, if I'm confident in my offense, if I mean, as a Miami Dolphins fan to say right now, the Miami Dolphins on third and fourth down are efficient. They are, they are, they get the ball in their playmakers. They are able to, Mike McDaniel is not afraid to go for it from midfield, from the 40, from the, their, his own 40 even, you know, it's, it's about your confidence and it's about being able to dial up a play that you know will be successful. And, you know, I will never knock a head coach who's going for the throat and going for the win in, in a situation where it can drastically change the outcome outcome of the game you get that first down you march down the field you win the game you don't get it you know you still have an opportunity for your defense to to get the ball back make a stop and win it so I will never if a coach is feeling confident in his play calling and his and his players that he has on the field I'm really never going to be overly upset about the decision to go for it I mean it but at the I mean at the end of the day a 52 yard field goal you have to have confidence in your kicker to be able to make it at the end of the day as well so you know, there's, it's always situational. There's never, I, I never think there's a really a right or wrong answer in that situation. But if you're confident, like I said, in your play calling and the players you have on the field, I, I'm not going to knock you for, for going for it there. 
It was not only the right decision, it was the only decision the Cowboys made. You don't give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. And plus, 50-yard field goal in Green Bay, trust me, it's not like kicking a 50-yarder in Miami or in a dome. Yeah. I, I think that – and plus, the Cowboys didn't stop Aaron Rodgers the whole fourth quarter. What's to say they're going to stop him anyway? Exactly. If chance to win the game, do it. This is why you paid that Prescott forty million. Yeah. This is why you have Stevie Lamb, Tony yeah. Pollard. Especially Go. with the Green Bay Packers having all of the momentum at that time. I mean, you you're down fourteen points in the fourth quarter. You go, you, you make, you send it into overtime. The Green Bay Packers have every ounce of momentum in that football game. You have to be able to do something to turn the tides in your favor. So, I mean, I agree with you. Like I said, I mean, you you got to put the the hands, you got to put the ball in the hands of the players who can make it happen. And you know, it's the decision he went with. And you know, unfortunately for the, for the Dallas Cowboys, it, it didn't pay off. They didn't end up getting the victory. But you know, again, it's like you said, you're going against Aaron Rodgers. Not only are you going against Aaron Rodgers, but you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, who's who's finally finally on the right side of a football game. I mean, you you, you have to keep your offense on the field in that situation. Hello. You play to win the game. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, let me see. Any last notes on on the little Packers Packers Green Bay? Packers seems Green like, Bay. Packers seems, Dallas. seems like every Dallas Green Bay game turns into a classic, one way or another. You're not wrong about that. I mean, they're two storied franchises. They're two some of them. Um, Original franchises in the NFL. I mean, it's it's always you're always asking for something good there. Am I okay? <laughs> I guess we will move on to uh, the third and final game of the slate that we will be talking about today. You can call him Jeff Saturday. I like to call him Jeff Sunday because Jeff Saturday stepped in in his very first head coaching game, not only in college, not only in the NFL, really his first head coaching game ever. And the Indianapolis Colts go down and get the job done against the Las Vegas Raiders. We have a new uh, we have a new uh, head coach in, in Indianapolis, or uh, is that a little bit of an overreaction Monday? And are the Raiders really that bad? I think I think uh, Jeff Saturday might be the overreaction Monday candidate of the year. But to me, the big story is what's happening with the. Las Vegas Raiders. Did you say Oakland Raiders? I'm there's a good chance I might have. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> My fault. Uh I'll let I'll let this one off the hook. But Oakland Raiders oh, and the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> and the St. Louis Rams. Mm-hmm. But um to be honest, the Raid the Raiders the Raiders and Broncos have been so disappointed this year. And last year the Raiders were so good in one possession games. Literally everything went for them, particularly after Bruno was gone. But this year, Josh McDaniels, Derek Carr, and Devontae Adams have not turned lemons into lemonade. They've they've turned lemonade into sour grapes. Absolutely. I mean, the Raiders have been bad, and and uh, yes, and uh, yesterday. Uh, do you realize the Colts ran for two hundred and seven yards? Matt Ryan looking like looking like he's Justin Fields out there. Yeah, I know that thirty nine yard run. I mean, it's like seeing Tom Brady start taking off for a run. We've been 
everyone's been knocking Matt Ryan so hard for just how fragile he has looked in the pocket this season. So to see him take off, I mean, it wasn't pretty, but I mean, he did what he had to do to uh, to make sure he got that football down the field. So that was impressive. I will say that. And by the way, where has the Raider pass rush gone? I mean, I thought Matt Crosby could rush a quarterback. Where have you gone? I know he picked up a sack yesterday, but where have the Raiders defensive linemen gone this year? They're going nowhere. You're right. The Colts mm-hmm. couldn't catch the Colts couldn't catch a cold in Alaska. <laughs> How about the Raiders in the first in the first quarter? Minus nine net yards passing. You trade for Devontae Adams in the offseason. You have Derek Carr, you really reunite them. I think Derek Carr, he's not a bad quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. I think he's upper mid-tier. But um, you know, minus nine yards net passing in the first quarter. I mean, with obviously an offen- with an offensive minded head coach. Exactly. And and speaking of their offensive minded head coach, I think Josh McDaniels might be the worst head coach in the NFL currently. I, I can think of one. I think of one worse. I mean, maybe, but he's definitely, I mean, there's not, there's probably not two worse if I have to say. My cousin's a big Patriots fan, and he's been telling me for the longest time that Josh McDaniels should be nowhere near a head coaching spot in the NFL. And honestly, he really, I don't think he is as successful as a lot of people might think he is as an offensive coordinator. I think Mike Mc, Josh McDaniels, I almost said Mike McDaniels, that would have been bad. Uh, Josh McDaniels is drowning in las vegas at the moment and or burning up in in the vegas in the vegas desert because he just looks completely uncut out for the weapons he has for the talent that the because the raiders have talent on their team josh jacobs especially at the beginning of the season was looking i mean he's had a better season than jonathan taylor had you look at the running backs in that game yesterday obviously jonathan taylor broke that really nice long run but i mean over the course of the season you tell me. I mean, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, by week ten, would you rather have Josh Jacobs or, or or Jonathan Taylor on your fantasy team? And Josh Jacobs is the answer. It's 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 unbelievable. I would have called you a, a gigantic liar. But I mean, you bring in Devontae Adams. You have Darren Waller, who has been obviously hurt throughout the year, but still ineffective when he's been on the field. It's just been it's just been bad, bad, and worse for those Las Vegas Raiders, man. I'll say this. I think Josh McDaniels and Nathaniel Hacken could be on the script. And I don't mean and I don't mean coaching. I mean literally gone by the end of the year. Absolutely. I mean, we were calling this AFC West Division the best division in football before we kicked off. And that's why you play the games, because I mean the Raiders are sitting at two and seven, and it is just it is not looking good for that division. It is not looking good for the Raiders. And I mean, you know, there's not really much else you can say about it. It's just been disappointing. They've got the Broncos next week, a division matchup with Russell Wilson. I mean, oh, God. Oh, God. You know, Seahawks after that, Chargers, Rams, Patriots, Steelers. I just, I I can't confidently pick the Raiders in any of those football games. You know what? I may just redact the Raiders and Broncos from here on out. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that's probably not the game I'm going to be tuned into on Sunday. And Dolphins are on bye, so I've got a pretty open slate. But I don't think I'm going to be watching Raiders-Broncos, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I think I might watch Cowboys-Vikings. There Just... you go. <laughs> All right, I have been waiting for this rant for a while. Oh, Dylan, you and me both, buddy. Well, I think we should do it. 
Alex, but uh, for today's rant, Alex and I are going to debate quarterback rankings with three young stars, that being Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears, Justin Herbert of the L.A. Chargers, and somebody and somebody you might know, be familiar with. Yeah. Why don't you say his name? No, yeah. I'm not going to say his name. I think the man you're speaking of is Tua Tungavailoa. And Dylan, please, I would love if you go first. So I have the beautiful opportunity to rebuke <laughs> the absolute monstrosity of a statement <laughs> you're about to make because you've messaged, messaged me this before we uh, started this episode. Please go ahead and give the people your top three ranking of these three quarterbacks, and I will try to listen. Unfortunately, Alex, I won. Unfortunately, Alex, I won the coin toss, and you're first. All right, that's fine with me. Top three quarterbacks: Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Fields, and Justin Herbert. Number three spot. It. it Dylan, when you proposed this question to me, it took me about four seconds to know what I was going to say because it's an obvious, it's an obvious order and it's an obvious list. And anyone who says differently is completely wrong. Number three is Justin Fields. The man can run like no one's ever seen, other than maybe Lamar Jackson, but he is not a passing quarterback. The point of playing quarterback in the NFL is to be able to move the ball in the air down the field. Justin Fields is a remarkable runner. But his passing statistics over the season have been nothing short of embarrassing as a, as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I, we're going to be debating this throughout the entire time. So I'm just going to move ahead to number two, Justin Herbert. Obviously, his receiving core has been banged up severely with injuries this season. But the biggest problem I have with Justin Herbert is him in the fourth quarter when the game is on the line. Justin Herbert does not have a clutch bone in his body. The amount of interception game throwing interceptions that I see Justin Field, Justin Herbert throw. He threw a pick six against Miami, I believe his rookie year, uh, when, when Tua beat Justin Herbert in their rookie year matchup. He did it again on Sunday. Oh, I mean, they, his arm got hit, yes, but it was – I mean, it was a horrible throw, yes, his arm got hit, but at the end of the day, he didn't drive his team down with the opportunity with, with the game on the line. He is a talented quarterback. He's a gunslinger. He's got – Tremendous potential. I don't, I'm not saying Justin Herbert's a bad quarterback, but the number one quarterback on this list is Tua Tungavailoa, and it's not even close, Dylan. Tua Tungavailoa is the best quarterback in the NFL statistically throughout 10 weeks of the NFL season. He is I, – I, I don't even know how, how – uh, why I even have to argue this. Over his last three games against the Browns, Bears, and Lions, three touchdowns, three touchdowns, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero interceptions, zero interceptions, 137.5 rating, 135.7 rating, 138.7 rating. Tua Tungavailo is the first player in NFL history to have 135-plus passer rating in three consecutive games with minimum 30 attempts per game. I'm just giving you the numbers because anything I say apparently isn't going to be good enough for you, Dylan. Um it's it's he's having record he's having a record breaking year. You can tell me that it's Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. He was throwing to Trent Sherfield and Alec Ingold yesterday. It doesn't matter. He is moving the ball at a ridiculous rate. His passer rating, his accuracy, his deep ball. It Tua Tagovailoa has blossomed into a top 
three quarterback in the NFL. And I don't even think he's three, Dylan. Tua Tungavailoa, right now, and you're going to laugh when I say this, but it's the truth. Tua Tungavailoa is the NFL MVP at this moment in the season. And it's not Bull even. crap. Bull crap. It's, it's between Tua and Mahomes. And I think Tua has the edge when you talk about most valuable player, valuable to the team. The Miami Dolphins with Tua are 6-0. and Without Tua, they're 0-3. Tua's 14-1 and in his last 15 games. It's It's not even up for debate. Tua is the best of these three quarterbacks, and he's a top three quarterback in the NFL right now. I think you're full of bull crap, homie. I think you're blind. I think Let the people listen to what you have to say so that they can drag you in the comments. Yes, Alex, I look at the stats and Tua's lean league and pass rate, third down, fourth quarter, red zone, yards per attempt. But, but whatever. But to be honest, Tua's number three on the list, and it was very easy. I look at Tua; he doesn't, have, he can't throw the ball down the field. He can't move the ball like the He's other really two guys. Good. I look more at upside, and Tua doesn't have the same upside as Field to her. I think this is to. I think this is Tua's peak. I don't think Tua's going to be this good for this long. He's got a great left tackle. The fastest wide receiver in NFL history in Tyreek Hill. An unbelievable possession wide receiver in Jalen Warren. Who does Justin Fields have as his wide receivers? He's got Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, and Cole Command. Yeah. Who, who did Justin Herbert have in LA last night? Joshua Palmer and DeAndre Carter. There's a reason why Justin Fields is maybe one of the most assigned players. Who set the NFL single regular season rushing yard record for a quarterback? It wasn't Tua. It was Justin Fields. And yesterday, he darn near broke the record. Wait a year. Justin Fields is Jalen Hurts 2.0. Give the Bears another year to get the offensive line, get some wide receivers, and I and I will bet you Justin Fields will be as good, if not too better than Tua. Plus, Tua's got an unfair advantage playing half his games in Miami. Justin Fields is playing in Lambeau and Chicago with 15 degrees. It's horrible. That's horrible. In August and September, it's 15 degrees. Justin Fields ran for record-breaking rushing yards in the last two games against the Lions and the Dolphins. Thank you. Thank you. Enough said. Thank you. You just made my except, point. Except and not, and not enough said because you know what else happened in both of those games, Dylan? The Chicago Bears lost the football game. The Chicago <laughs> Bears lost the football game. At the end of the day, you can run for 275 yards as a quarterback, but you are a quarterback. Your job is to throw the ball. Yes, rushing is great. It's a fantastic bonus attribute to have to a quarterback, but you I don't care who your receivers are. These are NFL caliber athletes. These aren't scrubs from McDonald's or Walmart throwing on a Bears uniform. Darnell Mooney can catch the football. Cole Komet can catch the football. Justin Fields has thrown for over 200 yards passing once this entire season. Once this entire season. Tua Tungvaloa has a six-touchdown, 450-yard game on his record this season. It's not even a conversation. Tua Tungvaloa is a winner. He is 
14 and one in his last 15 football games, Dylan. I don't, you, you're telling me you want a quarterback who can break rushing records. You want a quarterback who can win games, put your team and I don't care who his receivers are. Yes. Having Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle is nice, but he was showing glimpses of this, his first two seasons. He is just, blossom and and you got to remember his rookie season he was coming off a potentially career ending injury as well as learning the speed of of nfl defenses understanding a a new nfl offense it's just it's not even close i it's it's not even close it's not even close i still take i take two over justin herbert justin herbert last season had mike williams and keenan allen i know what you're going to say to this but he also had Austin Eckler. Miami hasn't even had a run game. They've been fortunate that they Miami has a hot hand plug and play run system. They go, they they have a game plan, but if another running back is feeling hot, they're going to give him the ball. Justin Herbert has had Austin Eckler his entire career. You know how beneficial it is to have a, a solid running game to set up your pass, and the Chargers still can't make the playoffs. And I know that their head coach was terrible last season, but the head coach isn't on the field. Justin Herbert is on the field. And what's Justin Herbert doing? He's throwing game-losing interceptions at the end of the games while Tua Tungabailoa is winning them. I've got one, quickly. Tua of them all. Tua. The mall. I, I'm telling you, if Justin Herbert gets Sean Payton with those weapons next to you, he will win the MVP. Book it. I'm taking Tua over Josh Allen right now. Right now. I'm not saying career. I'm just saying right now I'm taking Tua over Josh Allen. Tua, Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback in the NFL right now who is debatable number one over Tua. It, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. The win-loss speaks for themselves. It's, I don't, I mean, the win, it's just, it, there's, the disrespect that Tua Tungvaluwa gets in the media is so frustrating because he's a nice guy. He's got character. He's a guy you want to root for. And for whatever reason, people love to see him fail, but he's just proven him wrong. And I love it. And I can't wait for the Miami Dolphins to win a playoff game this season and send me to the Super Bowl, baby. Send me to the Super Bowl. All right, Alex. So that was the spiciest rant I have ever heard from either one of us. So thanks for hop- thanks for hopping on. Uh, we'll let you. Uh, you might need a buy after that rant. <laughs> I sure do, Dylan. And we got the Houston Texans coming up afterwards. We're gonna so you drop got two buys. You got two buys. We got two buys. We're, we're gonna drop fifty on the Texans, and then we got a little bit harder of a schedule coming up after that. But but the Miami Dolphins are ready for it, baby.